Good evening. Today I have Catherine. Um, hi, Catherine. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yep, sure. My name is Catherine, Catherine Yaff, and I am a crime author and I have written two books, The Lie She Told, which came out in October 2020, and The Web They Wove, which came out yesterday, May the 28th. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been writing books for about two or three years now, but I've had the ideas for, oh God, about 10 years. <laughs> uh, did you always want to write? No, um, I don't know. It's one of those things that when I was growing up as a kid, I wanted to be a journalist um, and I wanted to, um, Kate Aidy was covering a lot at that time and I wanted to follow in her footsteps um, and be an investigative journalist. But let's just say me and school didn't get on and as soon as I could leave education, I did. Um, and then it wasn't until kind of my mid-twenties that I picked up the journalism book again and I um, trained, as well, as well as working full-time in sales, I did a, a course in investigative journalism through the London School of Journalism. Um, and then I started writing for magazines such as um, Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, Red, and I wrote on such a wide range of topics. So from that respect, I always knew I wanted to write, but it wasn't kind of, I want to write a novel, you know, that didn't come into my head when I was like seven years old, that didn't, that didn't come along until much later, I would say it was kind of my early 30s that I started thinking about it, you know, whatever job I was doing at that time was like, this is just not satisfying, I want to, I want to write books, so that's how that came about, yeah. And what made you take the plunge and go for it? Oh, quite a few things. Um, I think I'd, I'd reached an age in life where I just thought life's too short. If you've got, to, if you're going to go for your dreams, you've got to do it. Um, and I'd had this with the lie she told. I'd had this story floating. Well, I had the character actually. She came first, and uh, Kate, who is the um, protagonist in the lie she told. That character had been in my head for years and she was fully formed. I just had to find somewhere to put her. I had to find a story for her to tell, which I did, but it was kind of really whimsical love story, uh, boy meets girl, girl loses boy. And I wrote it and submitted it and I got a, a two book deal on the back of it, but didn't take it any further for various reasons, which I won't bore you with. Um, and then when I sat down to write again, realising it was something that, you know, motivated me and it was where I felt it was my, my purpose, shall we say. Um, it kind of my love of true crime and crime documentaries came to the fore and this lovely whimsical romance turned into a very grim, dark, um, dark novel. Um, and... Yeah, again, uh, pitched it, but I just thought there is so much out there, so much capability for doing self-publishing. I, I decided to self-publish because um, I've got a marketing background and knew kind of all the digital marketing stuff. I had fairly good social media presence, so um, I went down the self-publishing route. So, yeah, that that's kind of the story of how that came about. <laughs> and have you always been a big reader? Massive, always 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 um I was I, I remember being at school I must have been about seven years old and we had to stand at the front of the class and read aloud to the teacher 
And I was always kind of in front of everybody else because mum and dad had always encouraged me to read. And I remember my favourite book was, um, it was called Teddy Robinson and it was this little bear and I had a bear that was exactly the same. So I used to read those stories and then I'd go on and I'd write my own, but that featured my teddy bear, not Teddy Robinson. Um, And then kind of obviously Enid Blyton came along and the Nancy Drew stories and it just grew from there. And then... Um, I will literally sit and read anything, magazines, newspapers, flyers that come through the door. I just jam like a sponge. Um, yeah, anything. Can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, I love that, actually. Yeah, I'm the same. I will, I will read anything. I don't get these people that, you know, will only read. I'm just like, just give me anything. I will. Yeah. Yeah, literally. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's a it's an addict and you know I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it I'm a book addict <laughs> um are your two books linked or are they standalones no they're linked loosely so um there will be three books in this series the Tangled Web series um obviously the lie she told that that, that came out in October the web they wove which is out now and then the third book which I'm hoping to get out by the end of this year um the in the life she told, we pick up on the DI Ziggy Thorns, who features towards the back of the book. So the web they wove picks up on him um, and his team and how they have to um, uncover or, or solve a case involving a sadistic killer. So it tells the story of Ziggy a little bit more. And then the third book will, I don't want to say too much about it, but the third book will then pick up and develop that further. And then that will be it for the... For the t- well I say that that's it for net that will be in my head that's it for now because I've got a fourth book that I've already plotted out which is completely different but we- we'll see watch this space is all I'll say <laughs> awesome. um, and did you know when you wrote the first book that you were going to write a series when I wrote the first draft of the first book no I thought it was just going to be a standalone um but by the time I'd written the second draft and Ziggy featured more towards the end, I realised that he had more stories to tell, and that's when the idea for a series came out. Um, If you were to be a character in any of your two books so far, which one would you like to be in? Um, I think it will probably be Kate in The Lies She Told. Always find it interesting, especially with crime books, because the chances of surviving to the end are usually quite slim. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Um, What's the most interesting thing you found out doing research for your books? Um, I think it was, I was put in touch with Graham Bartler, who I know you said you've interviewed, haven't you? I was put in touch with him through my editor, um, Rebecca Miller. And I never set out to write a police procedural. It was never on my list of things I must do. So going into it completely blind. So the, for me, the ones that when I was growing up kind of in the late 70s, early 80s, the police were like kind of held up here and they, they did this mysterious job and just appeared in their uniform if houses were broken into or a body was found. Because obviously being in Leeds, the Ripper was um, most prolific at that point. 
so it, for me, it was all kind of shrouded in mystery and I had no idea what the day-to-day job of a policeman would be. So getting into that was really interesting. And then on the back of that, finding out more about the forensics and the psychology. And I think, yeah, I think the psychology of it is the bit that that really challenges me most. I like finding out um, more about what makes a murderer, what makes their mind tick, what makes somebody be of that disposition are they born that way is it something that happens you know later in life so um yeah it's yeah all of it all of it Donna I love research <laughs> have you um is it Mindhunter have you read Mindhunter yeah, I have yeah I've read it yeah read it watch series watch both series now I've got the book over here um yeah yeah yeah, that that made me. I was like, yeah, I want to be a forensic psychologist. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I imagine it's nothing as glamorous as it seems. Absolutely not. No, I did. Um, I studied criminal psychology um, a couple of years ago, and um, that gave me a little bit more of an insight. But it, it, I realised halfway through it wasn't criminal psychology that I wanted to study. It was forensic psychologists. The very different, um, the very different areas. Um, so yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could go work for the FBI though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I'm wondering if they'd accept my forensics degree. Maybe, maybe. I don't see why not. Yeah. Special agent Donna Moffat. Yeah, I can totally see you doing that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, have you made lots of author friends? I have, and I haven't met any of them because um, obviously my journey started out at the beginning of last year and then um, COVID happened. Um, but I have made, I've made quite a few author friends who have been so supportive. The writers community on Twitter is just incredible. Um, you know, if you're having a bad day, if you're struggling to put words on the page, if you're nervous about your publication day or anything like that, you can, I just kind of tweet it, hashtag writing community, and I can guarantee at least three or four published authors I mean well known as well as you know not so well known will pop up and just give you a few words of encouragement and throughout the launch yesterday I was blown away by the support I got um so yeah yeah I've made quite a few right friends I'm hoping hoping fingers crossed that we'll get to meet up as all the lockdown measures unlift and do you uh, hear a lot from your readers I do. Yeah, surprisingly. It was lovely this morning, actually, because um, I checked my emails and I'd had, I think it was five emails from readers saying that they'd read the ebook because obviously it came out midnight and that they loved the book and they put reviews on Amazon and onto Goodreads for me and asking when the next book was out. And um, one of my ARC team who had already read the book bought it on Kindle anyway and then messaged me this morning to say, right, loved it. When's the next one? I'm like, whoa, give me a chance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do. Um, and I also have a, a monthly newsletter that goes out. And I love it when people come back to me on that. They tend to, because um, I tend to, I overshare, if I'm honest, or I tell people I've been to the dentist or I've had my haircut or whatever <laughs> it is. And I get people coming back and saying, oh, yeah, no, I went for my haircut in first time after lockdown and stuff like that. So it's great. It's nice to have that little bit of rapport yeah um, I'm probably guilty of that as well like telling you I needed to pee before we started always doing it can't help it just comes yeah. out <laughs> um, 
completely forgot what I was going to ask you there as well. <laughs> it's throwing oh. me now, isn't it? <laughs> it does. share it again. Absolutely. <laughs> your launch party yesterday, I noticed that your son is a massive supporter. Is yeah. your family? God love him, yeah. Um, Daniel and I are very close. Um, I was a single parent for a very long time, so it was just me and him. And we are, like, best friends. Um, we went on holiday once, and everybody kind of that was there was saying, are they auntie and nephew? Is it brother and sister? Nobody had us pegged as mother and son because we just we get on so well. And um, let's see, message him in now, sorry. And... Um, yeah, he's, he's always, always been my biggest cheerleader. Um, and my husband, super supportive. Um, we, I work in the shed, Shed of Words, and obviously he's been working from home. So I've had to give up some shed space to him. So he gets sick of hearing me rabbit it on. And if I hit a plot point or a plot twist, I'll just like say it out loud. And then he'll be in the middle of a Zoom call and it'll be like, shh. You can't say standard, sure. Um, but yeah, no, super massively supportive. And of course, my mum and dad as well. Um, for the first time ever, my mum understands what I do for a living now. When I did the digital marketing, she's not tech savvy at all. And she had no idea. She just had, she, she thought I ran the internet. Um, so when I turned up with a physical book and said, this is it, mum, this is what I do. Um, she was like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. But she's now like my agent. She'll go to the local Tesco's and be like, did you know our Catherine's a writer? They call me Catherine. Um, so, yeah, so, so I'll get a phone call. Oh, I just saw Roy in Tesco's. Could you sign a book for him and drop it off? Um, he'll pay you. Um, and then my dad, who I'm extremely close to my dad, and he was poorly when the first book came out, and he couldn't really get involved in any of the promo of it and stuff like that. And I know that he felt guilty and he felt bad about it because he's always backed me up. So it was nice on Friday as part of the publication day. He said, right, come on, we're going to go out for lunch. So we went out for a lovely Chinese and um, it was so nice just to spend just to spend part of that day with him. So, yeah, yeah, I've got a super supportive family. <laughs> yeah, because not every author does, actually, which really surprises uh, me. Yeah, I do. I do hear of authors that, you know, the partner doesn't support them or because I think it's tough if you, I'm incredibly lucky to be able to write full time um, and being self-published, you quite often don't make enough money to cover your costs. And I can understand that, that you know, that can bring tension. But um, I just think if it's if it's your purpose, if it's your goal, if that's what makes you happy, then you have to make allowances sometimes. And thankfully, my husband agrees. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing if I asked you what your favourite moment so far as an author was, it would be yesterday. It would be, yes, it would be the 28th, Friday the 28th of May between 6 and 7pm when the book came out and I did the launch party. And then the other day would be Friday the 1st of October when the first book came out, The Life You Told. And then before that, probably when Daniel was born nearly 30 years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your biggest dream? Um, biggest dream I'm not sure I'd like to see the books turned into a TV series um, I've had a few people say to me this you know this should be on TV um, but you don't know whether they're just saying that to make you feel good but I think that would be that would be the, the pinnacle for me really would for them to be picked up by a, a TV 
network. So we'll see, fingers crossed. <laughs> and I'm yeah, out there in the universe now, so. <laughs> yeah, I know I need to get um, like a Netflix person following these interviews just so they yeah. can stop picking up. <laughs> we do, we do. I mean, I keep I keep um, emailing Radio Leeds and Calendar and stuff. I've got nowhere so far. <laughs> Um, totally forgot uh, what I was going to ask again. <laughs> oh, did you have anyone in mind for who you'd like to play your main characters? Um, yes, I have. So, um, who was the guy that played Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey? Jamie, Jamie Darnham. I'd like him as Ziggy. Um, the other character, I haven't thought about that for the web they were. For the lie she told, I have. I ran a competition on my Facebook page asking people to suggest um, who should play which character. Um, but I, for, the, for the web they were, I haven't thought about that yet. I will do. Now you've said that, I'll go to sleep dreaming of that and wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go, oh my God, it should be such and such. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always think that writers, partners need medals because you're all crazy. You're lovely. You're just crazy. <laughs> they must have to put up with some weird stuff. <laughs> Not wrong with a bit of weird. <laughs> no, I completely agree. <laughs> um, what's your biggest fear or do you have any phobias and would you write about them? Um, I don't particularly know. I'm, I'm very much one of these that take each day as it comes and live your life to the fullest. Um, so no, I don't, I don't have any particular fears or phobias. Um, no, I don't, no, I don't. And, um, so it's difficult for me to say whether I would write about them or not, because I, do, I don't really have any. I'm jealous. <laughs> One day at a time and live your best life. That is my absolute, I've learned that. I've lost so many people that were close that, you know, that I've been close to over the years. I just, life is too goddamn short. Get out there and kick the living daylights out of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, if you're able to spend the day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend the day with? Stephen King. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would travel to Maine. I would follow him around until he sat down for a cup of coffee with me, and then I would pick his brains, um, <laughs> not for writing tips, but just about his life and just about how he came up with the story for Carrie and um, how he writes these truly magnificent books. Where's his brain at? What world does he live in? Do you know what I mean? What planet is he on that is so far removed from? Us mere mortals that makes him be able to write so prolifically, but then with such intensity as well. I, I just I love him, absolutely love him. Yeah, same. Um, and I mean, he's had quite a life anyway, hasn't he? But um, to be able to go from some of the really dark horror stuff to oh yeah, you know, some of the sort of maybe lighter crime stuff that he's doing at the moment. Mad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A woman after my own heart. <laughs> Trying to get him for the podcast. I mean, we'll see. I've reached out to him. You never know. You've got to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you've mentioned that, would you like to talk about your podcast? 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, sure. So it was. It started out as a hobby, actually. Um, it was the beginning of March. I had a podcast a couple of years ago when I did the marketing stuff, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I really wanted to do another one, but I, it was like I could have gone down the true crime route, but then I thought it's. It just it didn't um, didn't motivate me, and I thought I think you know you, you've got to be motivated motivated by something. And literally, the idea came to me about four o'clock one morning. I was just like, oh my god, crime books, crime books, but not just crime books and crime authors. Anybody that's involved with the crime field, and it can be true true crime as well. So I can get that little bit in. I can speak to all my forensic contacts because most of them are authors as well. I can interview lawyers because that you know they they write crime fiction. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So, like, I got up, and by seven o'clock, I had the artwork, the podcasting channel. I'd registered it with iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, everybody, every single podcast channel out there. Launched it with this really, really rubbishy "Hi, my name's Cat" um, intro thing, and then just reached out to people through Facebook, Twitter, emailed people that I knew, saying, "Would you be interested? It's brand new." And the first person that that come back to me was Peter Blexley from Hunted. He's now doing the Million Steps in May, so check him out, see if you can sponsor him. But um, he was the first one that came back to me and just said, "Yeah, absolutely. When can we do it?" And I was like, uh, I'm, "I'm free tomorrow." Yeah, so am I. And I was like, "Shitting myself." I'm like, "Oh my god, I've watched you on TV. Who am I to interview you?" Um, so I'd like quick research. Um, I've read a couple of his books already, so I knew all about that. Um, and I needn't have worried. He was such a gent um, and answered every question I asked him thoroughly and probably shared more than he wanted to but there was no prize in the information out and he just kind of spilt forth and he was an absolute gem so that was the first episode um but it kind of put me in good stead then because when I approached other people I could say oh by the way Peter Blexler of uh hunted fame has already been interviewed so it just kind of opened that door for me a little bit and then it's just kind of snowballed um i interviewed peter james last week which which has gone down an absolute storm um and then yet i wanted it to be about published authors but about unpublished authors and self-published and indie authors people that are just trying to get a foot on the ladder so i reached out to quite a few people that i'd made connections with and have interviewed them um and it's gone really well um so see launched in at launched at the end of march and we've had i've had over 500 downloads now um and i've got the youtube channel for it as well so if you i mean if you want to listen it's crime books unlimited it's available on all major podcast channels and there's plenty of you there to sit and binge listen to while you're doing your gardening or whatever (laughs) and if anyone wants to be on it just contact you yeah just absolutely drop me a message on facebook or just drop me an email find the website it's just Catherine. yeah um, let me go shut the shed door, Donna, because somebody's just started the, the lawnmower. I thought we were going to be all right. Hello. I'm back. I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> I thought everybody put the lawnmowers away for the day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, just look at my website, Catherine Yaff, and um, all my contact details are on there. Are you... Um liking the Yafit hashtag yet or are you not oh, for God's sake. that was Sam Brownley that I'm gonna blame her 
Um, so just so, that, so people understand, that came about because of the um, blissettes of Tony Fardo fame, and I got jealous because that was <laughs> that was flashing up in the comments of an interview that I did, and Sam came up with Yafets. <laughs> I prefer Team Cat. <laughs> you've got something then that's cool i think yeah it sounds like an ice cream well apparently blissette sounds like some kind of cheerleading squad but it's oh, not, maybe, so yeah, yeah that was my fault as well <laughs> and tony <laughs> stuck with it so yeah, all right okay we'll blame you donna <laughs> yeah that's fine i get blamed i've <laughs> i've asked a few authors what their um their limits are for uh stalking and his words, as long as I didn't go to his house and watch him sleep, then that was fine. Anything else goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that from Tony. Yeah. <laughs> the good guy. He is. It's lovely. Bless him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. He puts up with a lot of us crazy women, I think. So you can take the banter though, Donna. I've seen him. He gives as good as he gets. <laughs> yeah that's his wife and his daughter I think they've um, yeah. they've given him good practice over the years from what I gather <laughs> um, so what do you like to do when you're not writing well um I do cat sitting as you know from last night's large party um, <laughs> yeah. I look after people's cats mainly because I've got two Jensen and Button my husband won't let me have any more because he's allergic to cats um, so as a way of getting more cats into my life, I set up a little cat setting business and I'm, I'm now so stupidly busy between May and October um, that I don't really, I don't really have a chance to do much else. So it's literally up at, up at six, go out, feed some cats, come back, write. Um, yeah, my life is cats and books. I mean, I couldn't be happier. Literally living my ideal life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm living on a tin of, bean, tin of beans a week do you know what I mean but who cares I'm happy <laughs> yeah. that's it yeah beans are fine who cares yeah, yeah. it's good it's good nutritional value in beans <laughs> yes <laughs> hopefully <laughs> um who was your first every crush all three wise or any are in any yeah just any. anybody all right okay uh tom cruise yeah tom cruise i had well shaky stevens before that but i vaguely I, I really don't really remember that but i do remember having a lot of tom cruise posters all over my wall um and so it would have been around about Top Gun era. And I remember going to see it um, at the pictures with about 12 of my school friends. And we sat at the back and every time Tom Cruise came on screen, we just screamed. It was pathetic. <laughs> I mean, I look back now and I think, oh, you didn't. But I did, yeah, <laughs> I did. And I must admit, he was on Graham Norton a few weeks ago and he came on and I thought, yeah, I can see why I, I really crushed on him hard. I still think he's an attractive man. He's got a massive nose. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he's a pretty good actor and he seems like a nice guy, so I suppose he can't have everything. No, true. True, true. <laughs> I had some fault, otherwise there's no hope for humanity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, if you were to invite four famous people to a dinner party, who would you invite? Uh, Peter James. 
that shadow of a doubt. He's such an interesting man. Um, when we chatted the other week, he, I mean, you would expect him to be a natural storyteller anyway because he writes brilliant books, but he's just so interesting. It seemed that every question I asked him, he had some kind of experience related to it. And I, I talked to him about my favourite book of his was The House on Cold Hill. And I chatted to him about it. And, oh, my God, the, just the stories he could tell me. Because that was a house that he used to live in. Um, and the blueprint for the house were actually in the back of the book. And I thought, is that just a publicity thing? Is it just a matter? But it was absolutely true. So, Peter James, how many more did you say? Four? Yeah. <coughs> Hang on a minute. The air gets really dry in here, in the shed. Excuse me. So I have to keep sipping. And it's alcohol-free, by the way. Um, authors. Um, Margaret. Oh, my God, what's her surname? That wrote Gone with the Wind. I can't remember her surname. Margaret something or other anyway that lady that wrote Gone with the Wind um I would like to see I would like to speak to her because Gone with the Wind is my favorite one of my favorite films of all time um and obviously that started life as a book they're an epic book um but yeah I would like to I would like to um have her round definitely Enie Blyton without a shadow of a doubt um and then very possibly um a friend of mine, actually, who I've met through Twitter, who's been super supportive, Amanda Campbell. We've never met. She writes as AJ Campbell. She's written Leave All Alone and Don't Come Looking, which are both um, crime thrillers, psychological thrillers. And we have such a rapport over Twitter. Um, and I, I've interviewed her for the podcast as well. And she's just one of these people that I think, you know, when you just click with somebody, and I think we'd get on really well. And I think between us, we would... Um, yeah, I think we'd I think we'd dominate the world. <laughs> um, and at this dinner party, are you cooking? Um, and if you are, what are you cooking? I'm not cooking. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a KFC and be done. <laughs> no, I'm not cooking. I don't. I don't cook. Can't cook. Won't cook. Don't want to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. I mean, why would you want to ruin your evening by, you know, badly cooking anyway? Absolutely. No, it'd be like, you know, the Bridget Jones diary where she serves blue soup. <laughs> that would absolutely be me. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not bad once I've set my mind to it, but I just find it boring. I just find it so dull. And the other week I cooked a risotto and I gave up halfway through and said to the husband, you're going to have to do this. I'm bored out of my mind um no it's too no couldn't bothered kfc all the way 12 piece bucket might even get two 12 piece buckets as far as <laughs> sounds like a good plan <laughs> um if i was to ask your husband your son and those closest to you what your worst habits are what would they say Oh, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Oh, that's a good question, Donna. Um, what would they say? Well, I mean, my son would say sleepwalking because I'm, I, 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 I do sleepwalk and he, um, <laughs> he very often has had to rescue me from the front garden or um, from the porch 
or sitting on the decking out the back in the early hours of the morning. Um, he once came home with, he was about 18 at the time. He once came home, brought all his mates back after they'd been to the pub. And I was sat by the train that we have in the front garden. And I had my um, pyjamas on, I had my dressing gown over the top. And he, he, like the lads came, you know, drunk, rolling down the path. I'm like, Danny, your mum's sat in garden. And Daniel just went, oh, for God's sake, not again. <laughs> and he just, I mean, he'll just say to me, mum, go back to bed and I'll stand up and I'll just walk back in the house. I don't, you know, I don't make a big deal of it or anything. But the lads were like, what is she doing? And Daniel, she sleepwalks, she, she sleepwalks. And my husband would probably say sleep talking because I chatter in my sleep all night. In fact, I've never believed it. So I downloaded a sleep app onto uh, my phone and recorded myself. Oh my God, the conversations I have. There was one of them. I have this ability. I'm a very, um, what do they call it? Um, I'm, ve- I'm a very, I dream with the front of my brain. So I'm a very active dreamer and I can control the dreams. So I can, if I'm having a dream I don't like, I can tell it to stop and start another one. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, so on the sleep app, all you all you hear one night is me saying, I've had enough of you now. And I was like, I played it back to Mark. I said, what the hell was that about? He said, you wouldn't have liked the dream that you were having. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Same night I did it again. I've had enough of you now. I'll have another one, please. <laughs> yeah, two or three times during the night. Okay, I don't like the dream I'm having. I change it. I mean, just bizarre. <laughs> just bizarre. So they were probably, I mean, that's what I think they would say. In reality, it might not be anything like that. <laughs> it might be that I talk too much. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's in your sleep as well, then. <laughs> yeah, I never stop. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome, though. That's like really cool, but I guess kind of weird. But It freaks people out. I've woke my husband up scratching his head, telling him that he's got spiders in his hair. Um, I kicked him out of bed because I told him he'd spilt cornflakes all over the sheets. <laughs> He, he's not and the once when my when my son um was moving house him and his girlfriend came and stayed with us for a while and he had said to his girlfriend there's a chance that my mum might come into the bedroom in the middle of the night if she does just wake me up and I'll tell her to go back to bed because I had this thing where I would just go stand at the side of his bed and watch him obviously I wasn't aware of it and it, it it didn't freak him out because he knew what I was doing, but I'd got a new dressing gown and it was a white woolly dressing gown, full length, but it had a massive hood. Went into his bedroom, middle of the night, with the hood up on the dressing gown. There was a chink of light coming through. From This is no word of a lie. There was a chink of light coming through from his bedroom blinds. His girlfriend, Sadie, screamed, nudged Daniel and said, what the... Your mother stood there. <laughs> Daniel turned around, said he himself because he just saw this white outline, <laughs> realised what had happened and just calmly said, Mum, go back to bed and turned over and he went back to sleep. I just turned and left. Sadie was up in the kitchen shaking from head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just. Uh, and that's, um, they're getting married, aren't they? Yes, they yesterday. So you haven't frightened her off. No, I haven't. She's absolutely lovely. She puts up with my stupidity. She puts up with my stupid son as well. So she knows what she's getting into. Yeah, they get married on the 16th of July. And I can't wait. We've got obviously got cancelled last year. And then they got another date and it got cancelled again. It's definitely happening this year. So, yeah. 
<laughs> she must be a brave girl then if she's uh, she's stuck around. <laughs> Either brave or stupid, Donna, we don't know yet. <laughs> we yeah. think she's brave. We're going with brave. <laughs> well, she might have skeletons that you've got to unearth yet anyway. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, are you working on anything at the moment and then do you know what's coming next? Yes, I've done the outline for book three. I haven't written, um, I haven't written, well, I've written about 20,000 words, but I have a sneaky feeling I'm probably going to change that. I've written the outline. I know how it ends. I loosely know what happens in the middle. Don't know how it starts yet. Um, so that's that. And then that's book three. That'll be the last in the Tangled Web series. And then I'm doing a standalone, which is a psychological thriller which is going to take quite a bit of research. So in between plotting for book three, I'm doing the research for book four. Um, so, yeah, but I, 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 I'm kind of stuck in the middle now because I don't know whether to take, because I've had two books out in less than a year and about eight months apart. And I really want to get a third one out, so I've done them all in the space of a year. Um, but I don't know whether to take a break and maybe get the third one out at the beginning of, 2022 I don't know yet I'm kind of um I need to take the next week or so just to kind of because my head's a bit of a mess at the minute as you can imagine so I just I need to take a bit of time to decide what I'm going to do where I'm going to go but there will be more books yay that's cool <laughs> <Not that laughs> yours are on my TBR I think I have both I can't remember my TBR oh, wow. Yeah, it's no. a mountain. It's not a pilot, it's a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, I've got like five shelves here full of books I've not read. So, <sighs> yeah, I can imagine. I imagine you get sent notes as well, don't you, from all for friends and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we do. But um, I started a publishing company in January, um, Crime Publishing Network, which again happened with somebody. Um, Adam Lloyd from UK True Crime Podcast. I'd listened to his podcast for a couple of years and we, we became friends as a result. And a more or less accidental conversation resulted in a setting up crime publishing network. So I'm receiving submissions for new crime books every day. I will get maybe four or five a day. And obviously I give them all a courtesy of the read that they sent um, through. It's, it's usually just, so if anybody's interested in sending them in, feel free. It's um, just a cover letter and then the first three chapters. So um, I'm reading constantly with that um, and yeah it's 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 wonderful just to be able to sit down on I mean now the sun's out so I'll sit down on an afternoon and read crime books and it's actually work <laughs> yeah this is what I need I need to be able to read for work that's my dream <laughs> uh, are you planning on going to any other festivals yes I'm going to CrimeCon can't wait um, that's at the end of September in London um, and I'm looking forward to meeting up with all my true crime buddies um, because we have such uh, such a little community going on um, so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that I've got one book next year which is Tales on Trent um, which will be my first in-person author event never done it I've never done because obviously I started writing during a pandemic so I've never actually gone out um, to any events but I'm hoping I'm hoping that will change in the coming months yeah you'll see me there then I'm helping organize that so oh um, cool oh fantastic I'm doing it all for panels as well oh brilliant 
I don't know how this has happened, but there we are. <laughs> Seems to be my life. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited, actually. I'm not going to lie. It's also yeah. I want it to be now. Cause <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be wicked. Cool. cool. Um, well, I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything that I haven't asked that you wish to tell us. No, not really. Just that the web they're wove is out now. You can buy it on Amazon and it's available um ebook, paperback, paperback, and it's available in hardback as well, which is um something new that I think Amazon are trying. I'm not sure if everybody's got that option, but they've given it to me. So hardback, why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um so before we go, would you like to just remind everyone where they can find out more about you and your podcast as well? Yeah, sure. If um, you want to take a look at www.katherineyaff.co.uk, um, website is on there and everything, podcasts, blog posts, um, links to all my books are all on there. Or if you just search for a name, because it's quite unusual, um, I tend to pop up on Amazon. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. Good stuff. No problem, Donna. It's been lovely chatting to you. You too. <laughs> <laughs>